0: I'm Risa Williams and this is The Motivation Mindset where I talk to successful and productive people about how they manage their time. I'm the author of The Ultimate Time Management Toolkit. I'm also a therapist and productivity coach in Los Angeles. Today I'm talking to Mike Sonskin. He's a professor, book author, poet, tour guide, local historian, and a busy dad of two. His book, Letters to My City, can be found in bookstores right now And you can catch Mike hosting literary events all over L.A. Thank you so much for joining me today, Mike.
1: Thank you for having me, Reza. Nice to see you.
0: So you're a busy guy. You're a busy parent. You're a professor. You're a writer. You're constantly doing things. Talk to me, like walk me through your busy schedule. What's a typical busy day for you?
1: You know, they... They've always been very busy over the years, but the busyness has changed now that I have kids. Uh, There were days in the past when I was doing a lot of tour guiding where I would maybe sometimes do two, three tours during the day and then at night go do some poetry performances and sometimes even two or three poetry performances in one night. But lately, it's more like uh, dropping my kids off to school in the morning um, and then driving to Burbank where I teach at Woodbury University and then having maybe two, three classes And then sometimes getting home and driving my daughter to her swim team. And then if it's a really extra busy day, some of these nights I still have literary readings that I'll do. And so I've I've had these times where I've I've had 14-hour days, you know, even almost 16-hour days, a few times. I'm doing my best not to have as many of those anymore, but I've had plenty of days where I'm between dropping my kids off, teaching, picking up my kids. Um, maybe running to the supermarket, maybe maybe doing an event of my own. Um, there, are, there are some of these days where it is, it is pretty uh, jam-packed and nonstop.
0: So talk to me a little bit about maintaining your balance. When you're rushing around, when things are starting to pile up, you have all these projects ongoing, both creatively and professionally. Plus, you're trying to manage your kids. So how do you stay calm and find your balance?
1: You know, I, I have to say my writing practice, my writing practice in Buddhism, really, you know, um, Buddhist recitations are, are their own form of meditation, Buddhist recitations, but also a lot of writing, a lot of, I have three journals that I write in every day. I do morning pages, I do five haiku, and then I have a gratitude journal. And um, I vent, maybe I vent in my journals, maybe that's where I put the uh, the thoughts or ideas that maybe it's better that I don't speak them it's better that I write them so i have i use the journals a lot um and i like back in the day i even used to sometimes write a quick poem in a in a bar or a club or something i mean music was playing and, and i might be in the corner real quick jotting a poem down or something but um i, I sometimes i do that more than others but i like like you know I used to have a time in the past where I'd almost always have a journal in my pocket. And uh, now there are times where I'm too busy or doing too much to do that. And it's, it's a little bit of a, you know, maybe I, I, I read too much Jack Kerouac when I was younger or something, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, and also now maybe when I'll drop my, sometimes I'm picking up my daughter from her swim team and I I might have 10 minutes and, and I could do three haiku or something or uh, so the, but the journal the journaling and the diary um, is a major part of my life, and sometimes it's just a checklist, and sometimes, you know, sometimes it's uh, a temperature check, and it's a really big part of me—not only keeping my time management, but just uh, keeping track of myself. I guess I don't have as many as my mom, but I have. Da- I'm, I'm, might be even approaching her because I, I've been keeping a lot myself for about 25 years, I guess now, I mean, or maybe 20. 20- 27, 28 years, some, something to that range. And, wow. um, uh, I've been, I've found a bunch of half finished poems in a lot of old journals and I, and I started typing some of them up and, uh, and some of them, you know, I'll, I'll put a little recent edit on it and, but, but then I'll look back and it'll be, you know, maybe I wrote 14 or 18 lines and then I'll type it up now and, and just add a couple of little perspectives on it. And, uh, as a matter of fact, could I read one poem Please. Um, There's a few that I have here. Let me see here. There's, I've been, I've been, there these a bunch of old things that I found. Um, Should I talk about walking with my grandfather? I like it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Grandpa Frank retired when I was in the fourth grade. There were many days in elementary school that he would walk me almost all the way there. Granted, it was only three blocks, but he did it to talk with me so we could be together. And also, so he he could show me how to walk in this world. We were close. Grandpa liked folks, and sooner than later, he knew all the neighbors down Gonsalves on a way to Jacob Street to Patricia Nixon Elementary, which was built in the mid-70s and named after the first lady because she grew up nearby on her family's dairy many years before, back when Cerritos was unincorporated and called Dairy Valley. Many of these days, my grandfather made me a sack lunch with a sandwich and an apple and whatever else he could find. Grandpa liked to walk and talk, and soon enough, we knew Myrtle the woman who lived on the corner by the crossing guard across from Nixon. The story went that Myrtle's family once owned a ranch on the land where the school and my house now stood. She was in her seventies and the eighties. And I heard she made it into her nineties staying in the same house. My grandfather and I would chop it up with her just about every morning. I would keep going crossing the street to get to school while grandpa kept talking to Myrtle. Those mornings will live forever. I love it. Thank you. And, and, um, I realized, too, that my grandfather, I mean, he was a social guy, and and he was just a fun guy that would like to talk to people, and he very much influenced me, but I realized now that, you know, him walking me to school was about three or four things. He had just retired, so he was, so he had energy, and he was kind of, you know, he was looking, he was still engaged in the world, and I realized Mm -hmm. him walking me to school was also him showing me how to walk in the world. Yeah. You know, like he was let's let me have let me have some fun with my grandson, but also let's let's have a good time. And it was it was uh, later on when I look back, I realized those um, those those seminal moments are really, are really, really big in, in our development.
0: Talk to me about using a journal to capture inspired moments and inspiration and how important that is just in life to use our minds in that way. You know, you know to, it's, to be in the present more.
1: Sometimes you overhear something. I got in the habit of of just writing down these different things. Some of it I'll write about later. Some of it I'll just look back in the journal. But also somebody will drop you some, some knowledge on you sometimes, too. Somebody will say something really thoughtful or really thought-provoking or... Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so you get you, those little nuggets, right? Mm-hmm, and our mm-hmm. brain will forget them by the end of the day. Cause there's just so much happening to us and there's so much stimulation coming in and mm-hmm. we have to process so much information. We lose those little nuggets of wisdom, you know, or wonderful things somebody says that really impact our lives. If we don't we really write do. it down. Right.
1: We really do. We really, really do. And, uh, um, there are so many of them. And, and sometimes you can take these things for granted, but then when I look back and us, you know, even just those four lines about that moment that happened, there's a real value in that. And, um, I think, I think it accomplishes a lot of things. Um, I think it, number one, you just, re- you're recording history, you're recording things that have happened, but two, um, you're training yourself to appreciate moments more, maybe. Um, you know, Thich Nhat Han, who I always talk about, and he, he says, you know, um, that when, you t- when you're when you in the moment and you're really taking care of business, colloquially speaking, when you're in the moment and, and really doing a good job in your moment, you're automatically paving the way for a great future yes. because you're being wholehearted, that wholehearted conduct. I think being in the moment makes you wholehearted. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're half... Sometimes we're a little over here and a little over there. There's a lot to it. There's a, there's a whole lot to it, but I I think the wholehearted conduct.
0: I know one thing I like that he says is it brings your mind back home to your body. In other words, we tend to be drifting apart. Our mind is always drifting apart from our body. It's Mm -hmm. almost like they're functioning separate from each other. And when we come back in the moment, whether we're noticing something happening in front of us, or we're taking note of something somebody just said, or we're taking a deep breath, it's like that alignment happens between the mind and the body. And if we're speaking about time, it slows time down in a pleasurable way, as opposed to Making us feel crushed by time, right? Making us feel like we're racing against time.
1: That's exactly right. And um, what you said about the mind and the body, I believe, you know, it it aligns your heart and mind. And And, you know, they always say one of the big things about Western culture is a lot of people have kind of lost touch with their heart. And and actually, maybe not even just Western culture, just humanity, period. Mm-hmm. But but being in the present moment, taking that deep breath, they say when you when you take that deep breath and controlled breathing aligns your heart and mind, your energy goes up and down your spinal cord, like an elevator, um, you know, through your chakras. Uh, and 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 you, you do come home to yourself.
0: So in terms of time and goals, where do you sometimes get stuck? What are some pitfalls for you?
1: Hmm. That's a great question. Where do I get stuck? Um, there've been a few places I've gotten stuck. Sometimes I, I, I didn't, I don't quite know what to do next. I'm like, okay, well, I'm trying to finish these projects and sometimes you halfway through writing something and, and, uh, you're kind of at a a stalemate for a moment, you know, or, or, um,
0: I call it the midpoint block. Like you want to give up halfway through in your motivation tanks. It's like you're, you're halfway done, but you can't yet see the finish line and things start feeling really hard, especially when you're a writer. Yeah. You just feel like the pages are endless ahead of you, even though you've accomplished so much already.
1: Absolutely. Um, there's been plenty of moments writing where I've had that, you know, in the mid that midpoint block is, is correct. I mean, that's a, Um, and then sometimes, you know, I I really do believe in, in synchronicity and serendipity and kind of going with energy. Uh, but then sometimes, sometimes it, it, it can slow down for a minute. Sometimes, you know, you're, uh, I've been in a rut before maybe where I was too comfortable. I was, I had too many, um, I needed maybe some new, new contacts or needed new, um, New opportunities, and I felt like I had, I was just working. I, I mean, I love working with the same people. I, I'm a I'm a loyal guy. I love having people, reliable people that I work with. But I've also had, maybe there's even times where, we creative relationships, um, not it not hit a standstill, but they maybe they're they're they're. Um,
0: you need some space, maybe you need process. some space.
1: Yeah. yeah, and I I've had editors. There's was one editor that I almost did 200 essays with. Uh, he and I actually, you know, never really had any crosswords. We were pretty great. The only reason our relationship ever transitioned was because he left that post, you know, mm. and we were, we, he was editing my pieces for four years and it was a weekly column. We did, we did a lot of work together. Um,
0: but it's interesting the idea that, you know, creativity and the creative process, it has this kind of rhythm to it sometimes where things are moving and then things stall and then mm-hmm. they go really slow. And during those slow periods, it's really easy for your self-confidence to tank or your motivation to tank. So how do you write out those slow periods of transition, you know, that's a great, in between stuff or in the middle of things?
1: That's a great question. And um I guess that idea of, of chunking, of doing little by little, and I found that well, if you write one paragraph a day, let's say in two, three weeks, you know, you, you're starting to have a real essay, you know, and, and there have been some essays that I've worked on. There was an essay I recently finished that ended up being 9000 words and I spent almost six months doing it, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it was a real there was, you know, but a, sometimes it was a paragraph a day. Sometimes I might go three four days or almost a week without doing any. And then there was a couple of days here and there where I might have gone. 700 or a thousand words on it but there was some some days where I just wrote a few sentences on it and right you know, you do need time to think about things and um, I think many of our best ideas might happen to us uh, when we're at the beach you know mm-hmm. take a hike go get in your body get out of your head get in your go take a bike ride mm-hmm. um, what Natalie Goldberg talks about in her book Riding Down the Bones is a great you know, Natalie Goldberg and Julia Cameron are both big inspirations to me. They're both really great with uh, as writing coaches and, and even in a way life coaches or whatever. But Natalie Goldberg talks about um, timed writing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she says. Take the pressure off, maybe sometimes just do 20 minutes or 30 minutes, and she says free write and rant and and don't worry about it being good, just just write and and maybe even halfway into it, you'll find something. Or maybe you'll just vent about your week or your head, where your head is or something. And so um, I think there's a real value in in just plugging along anyway. And then the other thing is, is when I'm really in doubt, a lot of times I just read. And I find, you know, if you read two, three books, you know, during the early part of the pandemic, all I was doing was reading. And then I eventually did a whole lot of writing too. But I I was reading like, like I'd always wanted to. I'd always... I'd always had this vision in my head of one day being able to be on a desert Island and just read for six (laughs) months straight. And the pandemic was the closest I ever came to that. I did, I did a heck of a lot of reading. And um, I think if you do a whole lot of reading, you're bound to do some writing afterwards. So uh, reading the time, writing and then, and then also things like taking a walk or walking the dog or, or going, going on your, uh, going to the beach you know, swim in the ocean, something like that.
0: Because as Julia Cameron says, those are the play times we need. We need to play. We need to take our artists out on a date and show them new stimulation, new inspiration, fun things, <laughs> colors, shapes. I mean, this is how we get our ideas as artists.
1: Absolutely. You know what? And, and you know, as as much as we love our laptops and working away, um, I think, you know, you, to be – you're going to be a better artist when you're out in the world anyway, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, and and get out in the world and uh, exchange energy with people and learn things and, and, um, um, you know, get out there and and live. And then, and then, then you can kind of come back and write about it. But first things first, you know, get out there. um, Right. Learn a few things. Yeah. Get inspired. Get in the moment
0: and feel the things and feel the feelings. Mm-hmm. And then you have so much to put on paper later, whether it's mm-hmm. journaling or you're a professional writer and you're using that, or just artistic in any way.
1: Hmm. One hundred percent, Risa. That's it exactly.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you will check out Mike's book. Where yeah, can they you. find you, Mike?
1: Thank you, Risa. Yeah, you know, at Mike the Poet, L.A. Um, and my book, my most recent book, Letters to My City, is at a few of the independent bookstores. uh, like stories and skylight books and and different spaces around town. And of course it's online, but I'm going to be doing a lot of readings from um, this fall. You know, we're going to be doing one out on the LA river and be going to be doing some different events. And uh, actually at Woodbury where I teach Linda Dove and I are going to be opening up a thing called the, uh, the word center word is an acronym for uh, Woodbury open, open Woodbury open resources department or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we should have you there as well. So we're going to start doing some literary events on campus.
0: Sounds great. All right. Thanks so much, Mike. And thank you for joining me. I hope you'll come back again and talk about some more stuff with me. at some thank point Thank you, in
1: Risa. The future. Thank you so much.
0: Some takeaways
1: from my talk with
0: Mike today. Use journaling as a way to help you retain memories, find daily inspiration, and also to help you get into the present moment more. Sometimes it can be helpful to take a break and get some space from a creative project when you're feeling stuck to find your motivation again. And when in doubt, take things in little steps, remembering that small steps add up in the end. Join me for the next episode of the Time Lab, where listeners test out the journaling tools that we discussed here today. You can learn more about future episodes by visiting resawilliams.com and clicking on podcast. Thanks for listening.